Howdy folks, I'm Dave, that's Scott, that's Scott over there. Today, we are going to review Star Trek Generations. It's the first motion picture with the Next Generations cast with one member of the original series um, in the movie. Scott, I have my opinion about this movie. I know you have your opinion about this movie. We well, it has more than one early. member of the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking, I mean, that is in general, mostly, yeah. in general, it's there, just there, mainly there was, Kirk. Most of, them, most of them showed up. Yeah. Most of them did show yeah. up. Yeah. I'm wrong about that. It just yeah. seemed. It's just because so it's at the beginning. And OK, yeah. you know, opinions aside, this is this is. Um, I don't like this movie, but I don't hate it. OK. Um, this is a very similar story to Star Trek Five. Um, this is also uh, gave inspiration to a story arc in Discovery that followed along the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I thought Discovery did it much better because that was 40 minutes. This was, I don't know, it felt like five hours long. Is that about how yeah. long this was? It felt, it felt, felt about five freaking hours long. Um, this, this to me, I'll, I'll be honest. I ne I have never watched all of gener or the next generation. I have never right. been a huge fan of the series. But when the movies started coming, especially the next one, First Contact, uh, I I fell in love with the whole crew right. and everything. So I came in much later to Picard and them because right. I watched early uh, when it came out in the late '80s, early '90s. I can't remember exactly when, and it just seems so damn serious and so. Freaking depressing. Yep. The um, first season or the first season or a couple seasons was like like that. And it was really hard to watch at times. I mm -hmm. liked it because it was Star Trek. I liked it because mm -hmm. they Absolutely. were trying to do something new. But for me, the next generation. Uh, have you ever seen Wayne's World when they're discussing yes. Wayne's World? Uh, Wayne is sitting there talking about it's very much like the next generation Star Trek. Yeah. It was, well, while it is Star Trek, it will never be recognized as the original true Star Trek. That's how I feel about it. Um, yeah, they wound up becoming their own thing. They did. And I honestly, I honestly think it did take getting Roddenberry more off site. Mm -hmm. I don't think he had died. I think they I think he just kind of lost power, or they they made it difficult for him to get in because when he was there, he didn't want anybody to have any kind of problems. He was like, well, we're beyond all these problems. And I'm thinking, you're humans. You're in space. You're going to have problems. it makes for boring TV. And that's exactly what I think everybody was telling him. And he didn't, you know, no, no. They yeah. all get along. They're all friendly. They they would never do that. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's he, – he never had a Kirk or, or, a, or a McCoy and Spock characters on this show until after Roddenberry left or right. got taken away from it. He was still a producer. He was still given all the credits. Still making money, probably hand over fist, but I, I think they needed to get him away from it. It's like whenever a super fan, or like a super fan, starts writing a story for yeah. a movie or a comic book, because they are a super fan, it can go one of two ways: really great or really terrible. They usually go really terrible. Yeah, because I can be a super fan about something, but I need somebody that's also a fan. To tell me why something works or why something right, work. and I'd understand that. It, and as a super fan of something, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, I got it." Like I would love to write a Wolverine story, mm -hmm. 
but it would have to be my Wolverine story, the way that I've always thought of Wolverine. And I would, right. see, I, I, I would absolutely, if somebody was not with the editing staff they have now, but an editor of the day would be able to say, look, you can do this, this, and this, but this doesn't make any sense because that's not who he is. Oh, well, I always thought he was that way. Well, no. You, you know, you always need somebody there to say no. Roddenberry didn't have anybody there to tell him right. no. And we talk about that a lot yeah. with, with like Lucas and others <clears throat> that, and that, you know. That's kind of the problem this story had, mm -hmm. in in kind of my opinion. Being the well, super fan, th this is where my super fan kick kicks in real quick. I think it would have better suited the story instead of having this big stupid ribbon flying through space and a guy blowing up stars to try and get it to move, which made to me to that to this day it doesn't make any sense. Just take your ship, fly it into the fucking ribbon. And they're like, well, the ribbon get, just destroys ships. Yeah, but everybody that's on that ship gets sucked into the ribbon. Exactly. It destroys planets. So standing destroys on a planet ain't going to change anything. Yeah, and then everybody on that planet's going to get sucked into the ribbon. So yeah. you're in that dimension or whatever anyway. So It made so no that, sense. That's huge plot point number one that made no sense to me. But what would have worked for me better is if there would have been some kind of uh, problem, some kind of creature, something like a cube, something, I don't know, in two different points in time when the Enterprise with Kirk and the Enterprise with Picard had to fight technically at the same time this thing, whatever it was, and defeat it. But problem number one was this thing somehow got the captains and maybe one or two of their main people switched over onto each ship. You mm -hmm. could have just had them clicked on there. It would have been a Q moment. Click. Picard's on Enterprise 1701 mm -hmm. and, you know, A, in Kirk's on D. And everybody knows who Kirk is. Number one's not going to give Kirk shit. He's yeah. Kirk. And with Spock standing right next to him, everybody would have went, what? What just happened? You know what I mean? And then everybody mm -hmm. else would have been looking at Picard. Picard would have had the harder, harder trouble, the harder time. Yeah. So you might have had to leave Spock on the sh on that Enterprise. I don't know how it would have worked out. <laughs> but in my mind, it would have worked better to have each captain captaining the ship of the other enter of the other captain's ships. Right. Working in tandem somehow to fight this evil at the same time in different time periods. And you know fix what I the mean? Timeline, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to fix a yeah, look to to fix a timeline moment, maybe to save the Enterprise C or whatever. Right, make something up. It could have worked. To me, having Kirk in this ribbon and then taken out, and yet he's still there because Guinan is still there, but not there because she's on the. Sh yeah, that they there's some problems. It was stupid. It was just bad, lazy writing. And that's what a lot of the original generation had would, was they wanted to tell a good story, but couldn't for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what messed this generation's and, movie up. It was, they had all the elements. They had the, they had the Duras sisters. They had, you know, the, the ship crashing into the planet. Mm -hmm. um, now, a lot the, of uh, stuff worked and a lot of stuff didn't is all I the, can the say. Klingon, the Klingon warriors. I love them. They look like an 80s uh, pop band. Yeah, again, the two sisters, like, you know, the Dura sisters with all their cleavage. 
Yeah, it's I mean, like a, this. They stepped right out of an '80s video. All they needed was blue eyeshadow. What guy even looked at the Duras sister's face? What human ever looked at the Duras sister's face? They had some nasty face? teeth, I'm just saying. <laughs> Never noticed their teeth. Yeah, well, <laughs> they I did. Anyway. I don't know. But no, uh, and, and, and that's, exactly, that's exactly it. I'm not going to shit on the next generation because I love Picard and the crew, especially now after right. what we what, the way it's wrapped up. It, it was right, beautifully right. done. Um, but this was, to me, it felt like early next generation episodes it was slogging yeah. it was boring it needed to be picked up the problems there's problems i have with malcolm mcdowell's character damn i bet he's pissed that he got such a shitty character to play but uh you know it have been a great character should have been. been but here's here's my problem with that character okay so he found his version of heaven this right. other dimension that you can go to and he wants to get back Okay, so I have problem with thinking, here's a place that's so wonderful and you have whatever you want and it's great, but I just have to kill billions of people to get yeah. there. Who makes that jump? Right. Do you needed to show a reason why he wanted to get back there so damn bad that he was willing to kill billions and trillions right. of people, destroy whole star systems so he could get back there? And I saw none of it. He's There's not one ounce of sympathy I have for the guy. Well, not just that, but like I said, the easiest way to do it would have been to fly directly into it. And then Guinan's excuse was, well, every or whoever was talking about it was like, every ship's either been destroyed or just wiped out. And I'm like, yeah, but, but the, the people went people into, it. Sucked into it. The, yeah. That was obvious when they're beaming those people out of that one ship that's blowing up. Yeah. And Gu even Guinan's like, it's the best place in the world. And part of her yeah. is still there. And it's like, it's the best place in the world. And, you know, it's, you never want to leave. And I'm like, Okay, well, you got sucked out, so you're still there. You're, I've, yeah. Uh, the, your your comment, your 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 reasoning doesn't make any sense, and it no, totally negates what he did. It does, and you know, I can I can get past the guy in bit and just assume she's a ghost because some theories are that ghosts are just echoes or previous right. energy left behind. Sure, okay, we'll go with that. She's a, a guy and ghost, but. If this place was so great, Kirk and Picard yeah. would have had a hard time leaving. And Much Kirk, harder time than he did. It, it had been 30-something years, and or 70 years, or I forget, 38 years, I don't know, a lot of years, and it was like Kirk's first day, so I was confused. So yeah. what is it, Groundhog Day on this planet? Well, or this dimension? time doesn't have any meaning. You can go meet your grandchildren. And then right. go back in time and watch him be born. I understand watch your children that. Be born. But they said he just—he thinks he just got he there, he just which got is. There. It's, I can't get my head around it. See, I know. Yeah, I think they—they they, they tried to make it so complicated that it was like no one will question it, and I've questioned that whole. I've questioned logic it from the beginning. The first time I saw that movie, I was like, "That makes no sense." You just—and they could just walk out anywhere. They could—they could tear the veil in the dimension and walk into anywhere they wanted to be at any anywhere time. they wanted to. Anywhere, anytime, any place. What the? Why would if you can do that, you can walk into it. I'm just saying. Exactly. If you were in it, you should be able to go back into it. Yeah, it's that's but a it lot doesn't wrong. make any sense. That was the way they they killed Kirk in this. Has always pissed me off. It should. I always thought it, it was stupid. He should have never been killed in this. I agree. All they had to do. Be, what's funny is there there is a book that takes place, and I think I mentioned it to you. I don't remember the name of the book. I have it stacked away somewhere. But 
Shatner came back with a with another writer, and they wrote a book that takes place right after this. Mm-hmm. Spock comes to visit the grave, and as he's visiting the grave, Kirk's body is beamed out. Oh, damn. And Spock's got to go find the body. Well, what it does is basically fix this really bad movie. It fixes the movie. And it turns out that the Borg stole Spock, stole Kirk's body. Well, and they, they were <laughs> repairing him with nanites. So as he's being rebuilt, and you think, oh, no, shit, he's, he's being taken over by the Borg. But there is something, I forgot what happens, but something... Something happens with the nanites where they can't, they're not reprogramming him. They tried to, but somehow they, he gets out of it. Because it's Kirk. <laughs> because it's Kirk. And of course, Spock is still alive. So Spock helps him. Spock starts, Spock's the detective and, and finds him. But that story that takes place right after this movie is a hundred times better. Huh. And it's got the next generation crew in it. It's yeah. like the entire next generation crew is in the book too. And I'm like, that's, that's the movie I wanted to see. That that right there, what Shatner wrote. That's what I wanted to yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, and what's what's cool is after watching uh, Picard, we see that Kirk's body is on Daystrom Station. Yeah. So. Still, that doesn't make any sense either. But it was unless, cool. Unless unless it's it. referencing that storyline. Yeah, yeah, which is all I can think of. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. Um, there was some really neat moments, and and I'll say There's it. Some I've good moments. I think that uh, the guy who plays Data, Brent Spiner, is, is wonderful. Brent Spiner is probably the best actor in that entire cast, and mm-hmm. he. I mean, you're going up against some heavy hitters, honestly, mm-hmm. but I think Brent Spiner is the best actor in the whole cast because he's playing so many different. Even in this He's movie, amazing. and I never, I never really realized it until after we watched Picard, how how much of a level he's just. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I noticed that too. To to just insane to, yeah, you know, back down to so being... so good. And as as <clears throat> as as an actor, I've had so many coaches tell me, um, you know, I can see you acting. You never want to see somebody act, right? It has to look right. incredibly natural, incredibly real. And that's the magic of it. And you get that with Brent Spiner's portrayal of data yeah. every time. And I want to talk real quick about that because this is a neat moment in the next generation crew where data finally gets emotions. And it, yeah, the, it's quite the, funny, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, I, I do love at the beginning with the uh, scene of Worf getting his uh, promotion. Yeah. And they're they're on the old ship, the, the Navy. Old Enterprise. S- yeah, the old Enterprise, which is yeah, really cool. Ship. Yeah, and, that was cool. Um, Data, as a joke, pushes a crusher right in the water. Yeah. Uh, which is funny, and everybody's mad at him, and he's like, what? He's he's such an if innocent kid. There, I would have been laughing. I'd be like, that's that a was good awesome. one, Data. That was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. But knowing how Beverly becomes such a badass, I'd be afraid to push her in the water now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> she wasn't a badass so- yet. She Still wasn't yet, but she will be. <laughs> yeah, she will be. She's going to be. She will be. The The things on this is they put a lot of stuff in place in order to make things work a certain way. Right. Um, to explain this nexus in a way that would be appealing to Jean-Luc, they killed some relatives of his, yeah. which was completely pointless. Um, I never understood Because he was so excited about his nieces and nephews. And then I people was, that I was he never confused. paid attention to ever before, anyway. Yeah, he basically, almost never talked to his brother. I think his brother showed up in one or two episodes, and he didn't even like his brother. Yeah. His brother didn't like him. And I'm like, wait a minute, 
now now you like your brother i mean yeah. granted, it's you know i could see being a little sad but I I really I fully expected the champagne bottle that's floating through at the beginning to say Chateau uh-huh. Picard. That would have been beautiful. I actually stopped it because I, I was watching it. I, I was did like, too. Wait I, was like, minute, I had to rewind it. I said, "Wait a second. I said, "What is it?" Oh no! I said, "They uh, have see, they they had a been... perfect moment to retcon that." See, if I was going to re- redo this movie, I would I, do a Chateau that's, Picard. I would, I would computer generate a Picard champagne, yes. and I was yes. like, "Fuck! They, they they totally missed that. How could you yeah. miss that?" <laughs> Even then, his family owned the damn sham. Owned the they did for winery, for, so yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool. That, yeah. that yeah, I was. I really thought that's what it was. I stopped and rewound it. My favorite part of the movie okay. is Counselor Troy crashing the ship. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> women drivers. What? You know, and, Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> it is cool it is cool um you know janine made a point that it went on awfully long and it sure did yeah. but in the theater yeah. seeing the disc separate from the enterprise yeah. and crash yeah. was amazing it was yeah, really it was. cool it really was it's, it's a the neat first time scene. they really did it right yeah and Maybe then when the you second? watch the the series finale of picard you see where starfleet is actually um fixing this uh picking yeah. up the parts and and so yeah. they don't mess with the people that are on that planet what what's so funny was cool about my joke about the women driver it's it's funny that uh the woman who plays deanna troy has told that story and she's talks about yeah you know through the whole series i never got a chance to pilot the ship she goes and the one time i get to pilot the ship i crash it she goes i crash into a planet of all things she did she took so, her down I, I feel like i can use it joe oh absolutely absolutely it's funny it's absolutely funny yeah. And the blinker was on, so I don't understand what the blinker was all about. But that's, that's <laughs> yeah, this this is, um, I believe it is a definite watch if you want to watch Star Trek. If you're a fan of Star Trek, I need to go back and, and make my way through the next generation in Deep Space Nine. Um, but You're going to love Deep Space Nine. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. This movie is not horrible, but it could have been a 40-minute episode and worked but it got stretched yeah. out so far that they tried to fill it and there were no real, the stakes didn't make sense to me. They should have had a hard time leaving. I mean, instead yeah, of this, just, this movie's almost two hours. It could have easily been an hour and a half. It was I only think. two hours. Yeah. It felt uh, a lot longer. I honestly thought it, it was like two, two plus, but it's uh, an hour and 58 minutes. It probably could have been edited. Like I said, I, I just think that the, the basic idea is there. Some it type is, of time travel, time loop, whatever you want to call it. But I've always thought, I always thought Picard should have been on the original Enterprise and Kirk should have been on Enterprise D. And it would have been funny because you could have got the humor in there because Picard could have been saying to do stuff that he could do on D. And they're all looking at him like, mm-hmm. we, we don't have that tech. What are you talking? That's, that's still in development. You know, we don't know what you're yeah. talking about. And then Kirk could have been saying to do something that isn't, isn't there anymore like we don't we yeah. don't have that you know what do you mean you don't have that well what no we don't do that anymore we you know we do this yeah. other thing you know it, <laughs> you could have had those those humorous moments where the captains don't know the ship but the people yeah. are willing to follow them you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think it could have worked i i just don't maybe it should have been a q story maybe it, you know that, yeah. that's I, I find I, as much as i love q and i i say that i hate q because yeah, I hate him in a lot. 
I, I love to hate Q. That's just all yeah. I'm going to say about that. And John Delancey's a phenomenal actor, and God bless him. But um, I always find the Q stories sometimes a bit of a cop out. Um, I right. the same way I see multiverse stories. It's like, can we stop? Can we can we just tell a straightforward story? I, okay, I get that. Yeah, but absolutely. not always. Not always. I I can I get the multiverse. I get the dimensional things. It just seems like it happens a lot, especially right now. But you know. The only yeah. multiverse story that I've seen so far that I liked that I think was written perfectly was everywhere. I haven't watched it yet. What everywhere, everything, everything, all everywhere, at once, or everything whatever. all at once. Yeah. I really and want to watch that. That's fantastic. That, that's, that's what I've heard. That I, I, I do highly recommend. I'm going to probably buy that. I'm going to get that on DVD or Blu-ray or yeah. something. Cause that, that's how good that movie is. That, cool. That is a writer who got a comp really, really complicated story to tell and told it in a very uncomplicated way. Had they pushed it to try to be cute, it would have ruined it, but they didn't. They, they got it to where just about to the point where you're almost confused and then they clarify it for you and you're like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. That's amazing. <laughs> no, got it. That's got amazing. It. I, see, I see the play now. I see what you're doing. No, here. dude, it to take works. something... That's one of the biggest problems when you're dealing with multiverse, multidimensional, multi-time. It's confusing. I don't care yeah. how smart you are. You don't understand what they just wrote because it don't make no sense. There's, <laughs> so, there's never a point in that in that movie that I was confused. That's great. That's like, And great. I kept waiting for it. As a matter of fact, they do one or two things where you're looking at a main character and then there's a screen or a television screen behind them that mm -hmm. something's happening on the television screen that you instantly know that's not the person you think it is. That's the person from the other universe. Very smart. You just Very know smart. by the way they're moving and their actions. You're like, see, oh, that's, that's great that's writing, great cool. filmmaking that you can show and people will yeah. understand and follow it. And I've heard <laughs> that about this movie. So I definitely, would definitely I, need to, uh, to review it. I hate to say it, but this movie was missing that. Mm -hmm. it, it was missing. They, they were trying to be clever with the ribbon and it didn't work. Well, what about the fact that holes in it? it's never showed up again? No. You well, think they'd be studying that damn thing all the time? Yeah, there's like like I said, there's there's been a lot of stories that are very similar that have this is um, inspired, I believe, like in Discovery. But um, the Alorians, the race that Guinan is, right? They all know about the the Nexus. They know right. this place. Why is it only one of these? People are trying to destroy the universe just to get there. If right. all of them are aware of this, why? Are, that's that's what I'm saying. His character does not work. You I had do a like ship, getting. You had a shipload of them, and seven, yeah. seventy of the people lived out of like two hundred and fifty, mm -hmm. or they they retrieved seventy. The yeah. other ones are all living in the Nexus. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. The numbers would tell you at least. At least three or four of those people would have been together. Had there been like four of them together, I would have been like, oh, okay, they're all just feeding off their their own insanity. Got it. Mm -hmm. Something. Yeah. I don't know. The Nexus. But nobody just... else did. But I, I liked I liked seeing this is how Guinan ends up on uh in Starfleet. Right. That was that was kind of cool. Right. Um and That's then true. of course what we get uh, with Guinan's backstory, a lot a little bit more detail in Picard, which is really cool as well. Yeah. Um yeah. but it's <sighs> It's not to me. It's a. It's a. It's not like oh my god, you got to watch this movie. It's great. I think it's important to to follow the storyline to see where things go because right. there's things that get set up here that that really 
they start to play off of with data and his emotions and everything. So it's especially in the Picard series in the last season yeah. of the Picard series. This, this is, all is phenomenal directly, in the last series. Holy yeah, crap. It's all directly related <laughs> to the last series of Picard. Um, it is. It, it's, it's a, it's entertaining. Yeah. You can't think about anything that they're talking about too much though, because if you do, you'll, the movie will fall apart. The storyline will completely fall apart. This is only the third time I've watched it and probably the last for a while. Right. Because right. I, I go a good 10, 15 years between watches on this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can easily, you can easily yeah. watch it and go, ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. That's why I don't watch that one. Okay. <laughs> the next one's better. And I forgot which one. Yeah. Did, um, first contact. Is it first contact? It okay. is. They did, they God did pretty bless good the born contact. queen. Yes. They did, do, they did do a good job with first contact. I, I have my problems with first contact and I will. I will let you know what those problems are. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. That's all good. It's all good. The thing is, we love Star Trek, the yeah. good and the bad for the most part. Yeah, this, um, this so. movie almost destroyed my love for Star Trek, but that. But that you came, came back, and that's that's that something that we continue to say. You know, stick yeah. around; you'll yeah. find a Star Trek you like. So yeah. something that resonates. So definitely. So that is my take on it. Watch it if you're a Star Trek fan (laughs) or don't. So, yeah, um, pretty much. uh, I just thought it was funny that real quick, Alan Ruck was Captain Harriman of the new Enterprise. Enterprise, what was it? B? Enterprise B? I think so. And the Enterprise B was an Excelsior class starship. And if you don't know who Alan Ruck is, he is the best friend of Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's day off. Pardon me, but you're an asshole. Yes. <laughs> that is when I first saw him, it almost took me out of the movie at the theater. Yes. But I just started laughing. I was like, no, he would be he would be the captain of the ship and not want to be. He, he's the perfect guy. Mm-hmm. He's a captain and he doesn't want to be a captain of a starship. Yeah. He's and doing everything he can to give this ship to Kirk. <laughs> you're every- here now. You can t- the adults are in the room. I'm leaving. <laughs> Every time he shows up in so many things and he takes me out of it every time I see him. And yeah, it's like, wow, oh, it. it's like, oh, wait, so we, we, we'll have to watch Ferris someday. Yeah, but, that's funny. But that's a good, that was a good yeah. movie for him to be in. I thought that was good. Yeah. So, folks, make sure you uh, come back with us as we return with more Star Trek, more music movies, more other things. Who knows what's coming? So we will catch you next week with something. And thanks again for liking, watching, sharing, saying hi, subscribing. Thanks. We'll catch you next week. Turn it up to 11.